Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. No more Zoom calls or bad audio for the time being. We're bringing you another Magical Movies. I'm looking Penny right in the eye for the first time in months. Your Magic in Portland at the Rose Garden, December 9th, 2008. The Magic on a second night of a back-to-back facing a great Blazers team that included Brandon Roy, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Greg Oden. It's a tight game most of the way, especially at the very end, which concludes with a really rapid late Magic comeback and just a ridiculous Hito Turkoglu shot. Let's go. All the way, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on a 7-6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! With Here's Turkoglu for the win. Nelson for three. Good. Big shot, Jameer Nelson. They continue to stay alive. They're on life support. But they've hit those big shots. With the, 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 their ability to shoot three pointers. Roy back to Rudy. It's been all Brandon Roy. We'll see if Rudy can help out here. No, I'll give it back to Roy. Shot clock at eight. Turkaloo on it. Rudy wanted to go one on one. Roy, top of the key. Got it over Turkaloo. He's got 30. That's a new season high. Aldridge from the corner. Got it. Man. Orlando will call time. 2.15 left. Roy and Aldridge tonight. Brandon with 30. Lamarcus with 25. Nelson just hit a big one moments ago. Here's another. Got it again. Here Nelson, they said he has improved his shooting. He's I believe got 21 now. Yeah, he's he's four for six from behind the three-point line. They're not even looking for Dwight Howard. What a game this has been! Wide open is Bogans for three, short on it. Gets back his own miss. Lewis for three, fading away. Got it. Two-point game. Portland doesn't have a timeout. They look at the bench, and the bench says you got to play on. Turkaloo got to get it in. Did to Howard. Turkaloo against Outlaw for the win. Point three left. Blazers don't have a timeout left. Turkaloo banked it in. Blazers should have more time on the clock than they have. And Orlando wins at the Rose Garden. The Blazers' undefeated record at home is snapped. And the crowd giving it to the officials, but the call, as we showed you, was, was correct. And Orlando ends it on a 9-0 run. As really for the first time in as long as we can remember, the Trailblazers failed to execute down the stretch. Magic beat the Trailblazers 109-108 on a Tuesday night thanks to a 9-0 run to close those last two minutes out. Penny, you and I were at UCF during this time. I don't know if, I remember watching this game, I just don't know if we were done with our final exams for the winner or not. I was in my junior year, you're in your sophomore year. Any chance you recall watching this game or if we were still doing exams? Yeah, I, I don't even remember watching this game live. I don't think it's uh, one that probably gets lost in the 2008-2009 shuffle. 
And it's not the more famous West Road Trip. The other one comes a little later in December and January when, uh, you know, we get the, the big wins in, in, against the Lakers in L.A. and so forth. So this is this is preceding this one. And But this is a big win in Portland. You know, the Magic, they win their fourth game in a row, improving to a great 17-5 and record at the time. We're building up to a 59 and 23 record for the season, including a Southeast Division crown because, damn it, Southeast Division crowns count in my book. <laughs> and a three seed in the East that campaign, eventually reaching the NBA Finals. Before we trade for Ray, Ray for Alston, before Jameer Nelson gets knocked out for the season, before Courtney Lee takes the starting job from Keith Bogans, you know, the Magic are starting Dwight Howard, Rashard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu, Keith Bogans, and Jameer. The Magic are missing Mikhail Pietras, so no no peaches. Uh, you recall your favorite uh, Mikhail Pietras nickname because I have three in my mind. I have peaches, which could also be turned into Mike Peaches, um, and then Air France is the is the, is the more famous one probably, yeah. and then French Michael Jordan is the third one. Yeah, you have a preference for Mikhail Pietras nicknames? Um, yeah, I would go Peaches probably just because. Uh... I'm a fan of any stone fruit. I can recall, I, I can't remember what game I, I would have been at, but there's this guy who might, had to have been from Boston or New York or something because he's got one of those thick accents going, and he's he's yelling out, like, Mikey Peaches, I love you! It's just it's the greatest thing. It's, it's almost like Dickie V being up there, but... Um, Anyway, so, so Beatrice, and obviously no one misses Mike Wilkes, but those were the inactive guys for the game at that point. Um, Rashard leads the Magic with 27 points and 9 rebounds this game. Hito chips in with 24 points, including the game winner. Jameer with a steady 21 points, 6 assists, and 3 steals, despite the Portland broadcasting and he can't shoot. <laughs> um, and we'll get on to the broadcast because there's there's some interesting uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there, there's some nitpicks and it's not the best broadcast to basically have this game, but it's the only one that had the full broadcast. Dwight, who is very clearly playing hurt throughout the night, only tallies 14 points and seven rebounds. The Magic shoot 50.6 field goal percentage in the game, including a fantastic 14 of 27 on threes, obviously making their last three three point attempts in the contest. Keith Bogans is the only Magic player who shoots less than 45.5 field goal percentage in the game. Anthony Johnson doesn't attempt the shot. Dwight shoots 5 of 11 from the field. Every other Magic player is 50% or better. Really great shooting game, and yet they should have lost this game. Uh, Portland, who was 7-0 at home entering that night, having played a ridiculously road-heavy schedule, they fell to a fifteen and eight record, so you're fifteen and eight, and you you are now seven and one at home. Like yeah. really, really road heavy schedule. Um, Nate McMillan's Blazers are going to finish the season fifty four and twenty eight and claim the fourth seed in the West before getting upset by Yao Ming's fifth seed Houston Rockets in that first round. Yeah, it's it's probably Yao's only great playoffs. Basically, <laughs> was that um, Brandon Roy is the game high scorer with thirty points. Marcus Aldridge gets 25 points and 13 rebounds. Four Blazers off the bench scoring double figures. Rudy Fernandez, Travis Outlaw, Joel Prisbilla, double-double, game of his life maybe, I don't know, and Sergio Rodriguez. Portland shoots 51.9 field goal percent, and again, they still lose this game. Speaking of, very quickly, speaking of nicknames, am I correct in remembering that Joel Prisbilla is the Vanilla Gorilla? 
Does oh, that God. sound right? <laughs> I don't know. That's I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to look that up. That sounds a little racist. Are we allowed to say that? I mean, you can. He's yeah. white, but right. um, okay. <laughs> it's uh, the Blazers are without Rafe LaFrance, Shavlik, Randolph, and Martel Webster. I guess Webster's obviously the the big loss from that team. But I'm looking up this Prisbilla thing now just because I I would be stunned I, if you were if you were wrong, but. Um, I don't know where that came from, but it just came. So the Blazers being without Martel Webster and also without Shavlik It is the Rindle. Vanilla Gorilla. Okay. Also, another nickname. Yeah. There's no way this is right. Ghostface. One person has called him that his entire life, probably. Can you combine them and call him the Ghostface Vanilla Gorilla? I don't know. That's Gosh, it's, I'm glad this guy's white because then we'd be down a really, really bad, bad street with that. Yeah. So... Um, the Magic just looked more ready and active out of the gate in this game. The refs are blowing the whistle a lot early. Orlando is up 8-1 to open the game. It's basically close after that, this contest. The Magic lead 49-48 at halftime. Magic shooting 54%. They're shooting over 50% the whole game. Hito had 10 points at the break. Dwight with 9. Richard 8. Portland got 10 points each from Aldridge, Brandon Roy, and Travis Outlaw. It's just a lot of athletic plays, really competitive and entertaining game throughout. The Magic are holding on to a slim 81-80 lead entering the fourth period. Portland ends up getting up to a 12-0 run, leading 85-81 early in the fourth. Yeah. Portland is up 97-89 with 6.06 to go off an Aldridge jumper. And if you're a Magic fan watching this live past midnight on the East Coast like I was... I'm not feeling good at this point because this is a good Portland team, and they're at home. Portland's up 108-100, so still up eight points with 2.15 to go. And then the last two two minutes happen. And so the Magic will end up winning the game on a 9-0 run. The sequence goes Jameer Nelson 3 with a minute 59 to go. Then a whole heck of a lot of scrappy play that includes Keith Bogans rebounding his own, his own, his own three-point miss. Getting it to Richard, who does this really patented but authentic and just it's still crazy that he was able to do this so smoothly. Just this dribble to the corner and then just does that quick pull up three, which he does a few times, not just this season, but yeah. throughout his magic tenure. And so, you know, the Portland lead is down to two, one oh eight, one oh six with twenty nine seconds left. Blazers are out of timeout, so they can't compose themselves during this this stretch. Uh, Richard and Kibo double-team Roy in the corner, who airballs a desperate shot attempt, forcing a 24-second violation. Thankfully. Magic have the ball. It's the worst Brandon Roy shot of the night. The man was unbelievable, but he, I mean, just that, just fantastic defense. And the Magic, they have the ball, five seconds left. You know, they advance it with their final timeout, setting up for Hito's bank shot winner with .3 seconds left, and Portland being forced to throw up a desperation heave that's unanswered magic win uh, if you hear the audio in the intro you just hear just the the sound and the groans of the portland crowd when hito just pulls that bang shot out of his ass it's unbelievable um i'll be honest when i saw it live i actually wasn't sure hito banked it until the play-by-play guy actually said he banked it it looked that pure coming out of his hands but um I, I mean, if you didn't, if you don't recall seeing it live, Penny, what'd you think when you saw Hito just pulling an, another game winner out of his ass? Uh, well, you know, the previous year was the year that Hito was extremely clutch with all of the game winners right around. It, New it's his Year's best season as yeah. a pro in right. general. He wins Most Improved Player. I think he averaged like 19 points per game that season. He should have been an All Star. Wasn't. 
it ends up biting them in the ass when we're really good this season because then it's like Dwight's an all-star, Jameer's an all-star, Rashard gets named an all-star, and poor Hito, who yeah. isn't as good as the season before, kind of gets left out of it. Um, but I think it, a lot of people kind of conflate those two seasons for him that the 07-08 was the, the real good year, 08-09, but he had the knack for it all the time, didn't he? You, you felt comfortable when he was the one taking the shot and... Even a bank is not surprising. Is Hito the most clutch player in Magic history? Like, if you pick can pick out of anyone, this is based off history, this is based off whatever, that's worn a Magic jersey to take a final shot. I think I would actually go with Hito. Would, can you think of another? Like, Penny's up there because he can get to the hole. Right. McGrady never really had to, had to be clutch late. Either, you know, we'd win by a lot or lose by a lot, whatever, but... I mean, Penny had that stretch in 96 and then again in 97 a little bit where he's hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. Jameer's had a few in his career. Richard might be the other guy you want to bring up in this, but Hito's the only one. At, you know, Richard maybe in his Seattle days could create of his, sh- his shot better than he did when he was with Orlando. Hito, point forward, he can do whatever he wants. He can get to any spot on the floor he wants. And he has a track record of hitting all these game winners. Yeah, that's an interesting question, and we'd probably have to check the numbers to, to talk about. But just anecdotally off the top of my head, I can't think of any other Magic player that has the volume of attempts in, in, in crunch time that he does. Um, you, I don't know. It's going to be an off-balance. He's it's up gonna there. Be, it's going to be a wild ride for him to shoot it, but you know he doesn't give a shit about taking the shot, and I think that's one of the most important things for clutch performers, right? That's why he's the Turkish Michael Jordan. So We had the French Michael Jordan, and we had the Turkish Michael Jordan. That's that, You know your team's bound to be good when you have those. Uh, so the Comcast Sportsnet broadcast, so this is Portland's broadcast, includes Mike Barrett and Mike Rice on the call with Rebecca Harlow as the sideline reporter. The refs are Jack Neese. We get Michael Smith again, and then we get Mark Wunderlich, who he did an episode earlier uh, in our series here. Attendance at the Rose Garden, 20,642, which is a sellout. How great is this Port- just is Portland Blazer home crowds in general? Like it's, I, I would say if, if out, of some of, out of most of the stadiums that I haven't been to, you know, you and I have been to a few Magic Road games. We've right. discussed some of those. But I think on the list, probably in my top five would be going to a Portland Trailblazer game. Also, the the, the placement of the location of the arena, very scenic there, too. I mean, it's very – it's probably technically part of their downtown, if not, like, just on the edge of it. But the way that city's laid out, it's it's great. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah, but you're right. The – you know, I think – Historically, one of the hardest places to play and one of the most engaged fan bases year in, year out. Yeah, so former uh, Magic players in this game, it's Channing Fry, a very young Channing Fry here. Uh, he only plays four minutes, doesn't even get a shot attempt up. I don't know how that happens. but uh, And then Monty Williams as a super young Portland assistant uh, coach on Nate McMillan's staff. So Monty uh, getting that experience built up. On to the categories. The Jack Sweater Vest Guy Nelson Fashion Award. I have a couple. Stan Van Gundy suit jacket and shirt combo. Yeah. It's the last true coaching year of a slim Stan Van Gundy, I would say, where yeah, I, I miss him. I miss this look. His He, he hasn't quite gone gray yet. Like he, it, It's before he's pounded too many uh, sodas and whatnot. Um, it, it's just it's a vintage look with it's, him. It's prime mock turtleneck fashion. 
It, and that's probably yeah. It's not even a t-shirt or a shirt, whatever. It's it's really a mock. Well, you, Alex Martin's made him start wearing a collar in the new uh, arena, right? I don't know if he made him, yeah. but uh, you're, there I mean, was, if there you're was organizational him. pressure for him to dress a little less. Uh, I think well, well who's who, who's the uh, the suit uh, dealer that we have? What is it? No. Men's Warehouse. I think Men's Warehouse was forking over the cash, and it's like, Stan, you got to wear this. I'm sorry. So. Um, not, I mean, I like Men's Warehouse. I do. I, I have no issues. I'm just saying that's probably what led to him having to vacate this great look this season uh, for when we ended up getting into the new Amway Center building a couple of years later. So this is also our first season wearing what's pretty much the current iteration of our pinstripe jerseys. Yeah. It's just a huge upgrade from our worst jerseys in franchise history. And I would say of the three, I like the blue ones probably more than the white and the black even though when the black would eventually come in a couple years later i think because it was just the white and the blue i i think overall just that blue pops better it's the same thing with the vintage 90s jerseys yeah i think you've always liked the original blue pinstripes the best and they did you know the the original blue and then they had the electric blue i think a little later on and that that one to me is my favorite i like the black pinstripes the the newest ones but you can't go wrong with any of them, obviously. It's it, the pinstripe looked like we, we especially hold on to compared that to the the iteration before, <laughs> yeah. right? Plain ass Reebok, awful font, yeah. awful everything. Yeah. So, uh, did you have any uh, any options here for for our Jack Sweater vest guy Nelson Fashion? I, I'm leaning heavily towards Stan Van Gundy. The only other thing I noticed was a quick uh, pan into the crowd shot where there was a. Obviously, this game took place in December. Yeah. So there was a trailblazer. Couple weeks before Christmas. Yeah. It was. This was back when um, those camo Christmas hats were a big thing. Like the. You know, I saw that. Yeah. And he decided to pair it with the 2008 version. I'm going to assume it's a Lamarcus Aldridge uh, All Star jersey. So it's the 2008 Western Conference All Star jersey with the camo Christmas hat, and he's just chilling in the crowd. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember seeing that, and I'm like. I kind of want to bring that up, so no, good good call bringing it up. That's a good look, actually. I'm not a camo guy, but the camo look with that all-star jersey, it actually worked pretty well. So <laughs> you want to go with that or you want to go with SVG? I, I, anytime I can give something, an award to Stan Van Gundy, I lean that way. All right, SVG it is. Next one, most magical momentum move. I mean, it's the run to end the game, 9-0 run, uh, the final minute 59 of the contest. Again, Jameer 3, Richard 3, Hito 3 for the win. Honorable mention for me, early in the third, the Magic are down 52-51, and then in the blink of an eye, Richard, Jameer, and Hito each hit threes in the span of a minute. Boom, 9-0 run. And again, this is a game of runs. It's very exciting. It's under double digits the, the whole game, I believe. But you definitely knew the Magic were going to be in this game towards the end at that point before they really ended up almost blowing it in the middle of the fourth quarter. But, I mean, when you hit, when you can hit threes that quickly, it doesn't seem like that long ago. But, I mean, this is 08-09. Not many teams were shooting threes the way the Magic were. Yeah, at the then. time it was more backbreaking. even now. I mean, it's discouraging now, but you're used to every team raining threes. And at that time, um, certainly it was not the norm. An interesting note on that momentum swing mm-hmm. was that it started with a jump ball where the, the shot clock didn't start as it was supposed to. So that first three... Um, the broadcast, I think, noted that they thought that Richard did not actually get the original three off in time if they would have started the clock on time. So maybe if the clock operator gets it right, we never come back and, and win that game. 
Home clock failing them. There yeah. you go. So are we going with the 9-0 run to end the game? There's no other choice, okay. is there? Uh, so next uh, category, the Brian Hill clipboard smashing play of the game. There's a few times where the Magic can't feed Dwight an entry pass. It's either a turnover or the Magic get a bad offensive play from it. That's the only thing I have from this game because it's a pretty smooth game most of the way. I had a couple of uh, like Dwight Howard trying to conserve foul trouble and watching um, uncontested dunks go by. There was one sequence in the fourth quarter when the Blazers are making that run where uh, Brandon Roy's on the bench, so he's getting rest, yeah. right? which is trouble because he's been the best player of the game. But there's a there's a sequence that's punctuated by Rudy Fernandez going five-hole on a pass to Joel Prisbilla, and then Rashard Lewis makes it an and one with a soft touch foul, and that's one of those where Van Gundy does the whole like arms up in the air, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. he, he does like the double pump yeah. like upwards, but it's it, it's like he wants to like flip off anybody in sight, but it's clenched fists. But uh, I have comments on Rudy Fernandez later on. Um, anything else? Uh, that's all I had. So, which one do you want to go with for this? Because honestly, like the, I, I like yours better than the just the Dwight entry pass frustration. I, anytime that someone goes five hole on you, it's pretty clipboard smashing worthy right all right we'll go with that one next category the richie Adubato best broadcast moment i feel like this for this category this is where i always have the most options so it's not technically part of the u.s broadcast so this youtube video that we found the full game on comes from i think an international nba league pass feed but i love all of the where amazing happens ads that just pop up throughout it's one of the greatest nba ad campaigns ever I've created my own Magic-specific versions of these, and they're just great. It's, it's awesome. Uh, the Blazers broadcast refers to Rudy Fernandez and Sergio Rodriguez helping each other out on a play as the Spanish connection. It makes sense. They're two Spaniards, obviously. Me being Greek, I hated both of them because they were on the 2006 Spain national team that beat Greece in the FIBA World uh, Championship gold medal game. Naturally. After the U.S. No- after the US got knocked out by Greece in the semifinals. So. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I hate both of them for that. Uh, next one option that I have, the NBA on TNT Charles Barkley fake congressional testimonial ad. Yeah. It's very well done by all parties, but again, Chuck is just in his element here. Uh, I have three other options. The Blazers broadcast says Dwight was already leading the league in free throw attempts by a large margin. How large? 40 attempts more than second place Dwayne Wade. We're in the second week of yeah, December. It's December. He's got 40 attempts more than Dwayne Wade at the free throw line. Uh, and Dwight only shot four of ten from the charity stripe in this game, but just a ton of free throw attempts. You're seeing in this game he's getting hit a lot to the point where he's picking up injuries a little bit here. Uh, other, next option, Portland's broadcast crew, uh, crew jinxing themselves when they're up eight midway through the fourth. They're, they mockingly say, you're not supposed to be playing well the first game back after a long road trip. Whoops. So, uh, And then the last one I have is Portland's broadcast refers to Brandon Roy as Mr. Fourth Quarter. We all know Hito is the true Mr. Fourth <laughs> Quarter here. Let's, let's not get that confused. So, And Turk has the final say in this contest. Any options from you? Uh, a couple other Blazers broadcast um, bullshittery where uh, they were just a little I mean they're a little homerish it's not a Houston crew but they're a little whiny throughout uh, calling out Dwight and Keith Bogans during a conversation on the bench where they go oh, it looks like they're more interested in who's in the stands which Dwight might have they been. probably were that's true I, it, but 
it's yeah, they're they're looking to nitpick real hard, like against the Magic, like and this whole game. This is a reminder of I think where the team stood at that time nationally. Um, they talk about coming back home, and you know it's a slug fest, or you know it's a slog the first game back from thing. But they go, we don't want to lose it at home to a team like the Magic, a team who ends up playing in the NBA Finals that year. So. Yeah, I don't think this Portland crew realizes that this Magic team's better than them. Yeah. Probably yeah, by the end of this game, they, they do, but uh, those are good picks. Um, gosh, I said a whole bunch. I don't know which option you want to go with. I, yeah, I, my winner for that was the, uh, the nice still photo where Amazing Happens NBA campaign commercials. Let's go with that. Yeah, I, I miss those. They're great. Honestly, they could bring them back now when they would start NBA play again, and yeah. honestly, they, people would be fine and happy with them. Next category, the Brian Cook Heat Check Award. I only have one thing, and I can we give it to Rudy Fernandez for the play in the fourth quarter? It's, it's not even the shooting. <laughs> it's, the, it's the passing. It's yeah. the screaming. He's a walking heat check in the fourth. <laughs> There's a, one play early in the fourth quarter where uh, somehow, like, Brian, first of all, Brian Cook is on the floor guarding him. Uh, I don't know how that happened. But literally, he's he's inside of his Smoky Bones rib stained jersey, like, and he still <laughs> and he still fires up the fadeaway shot that you know obviously doesn't go in. But he he played his whole he plays like that, right? He's the uh, on the floor and he's just gonna wheel and deal and do whatever the hell he wants to do. Uh, this is a really good Rudy Fernandez season, yeah. and I think I have a few other points with him down the road. But I, I got to give it to him for this award. Yeah, the Illuminate Oyadeji that guy award. Does Greg Oden qualify? Uh, I put Greg Oden as a nominee just because anytime you see him on the floor. It's Greg Oden. Yeah. Like, he missed his entire rookie season the year before with a knee injury. So this is his actual rookie season. He plays 61 games in this 08-09 campaign. And then he plays 21 games the following season. Then that's it. Career is basically done in oh, career is done in Portland. Odin comes back in 2013-2014 to play a few dozen games for a Heat team that did not win the NBA title. So the ring chasing didn't work, but this is about as good as it gets for Greg Odin. Yeah. And that that's my one nomination for for the that guy award. I had a bunch. Uh, first of all, Go Keith, for Keith Bogan starting. You kind of forget that there was uh, that shooting guard spot had a lot of turnover throughout the course of the year until they settled on uh, Courtney Lee, who'd made tremendous strides throughout the year. Absolutely. Um, a whole cavalcade of, of Blazers could be that guy's. Travis Outlaw, Rudy Fernandez, Channing Fry, even Brandon Roy, based on how his career ended with the knee injuries and stuff. Uh, referee Jack Neese, you don't get a lot of him. <laughs> this is true. Elder Statesman. Um, but I, I, can, I can agree with you. Well, you know, you know we're agreeing on everything. My, my that guy's going to go to... Uh, I'm going to give it to Brandon Roy because he was actually that guy in that game. I'm going with Greg Oden, but it's it's fair. Um, I, I do also want to point out a very, very baby-faced Nicholas Batum in his rookie season. He actually looks more younger than maybe Evan Fournier did his rookie season in Denver, which didn't seem possible. <laughs> but uh, Batum, no impact in this game really overall. Um, and then and he was a starter. He played 16 game minutes in this game, and he, shoot, he misses his one-shot attempt. Right. So... I'm going with Odin. You can go with Roy. That's fine. Again, we don't ever have to agree on our award winners. So the Johnny Davis Coaching Botch Award. 
Uh, I have three options here. Anthony Johnson is really struggling in this contest. I just wish Stan would have either had Jameer or Hito as the ball handler for all 48 minutes of this game. Yeah. Uh, next option, if you're Portland, you can't let Travis Outlaw shoot pull-up jumpers. <laughs> that little bit of just lack of discipline late in this game opens the door for the Magic comeback to happen. And then the other option I have is Nate McMillan running out of timeouts with 53.6 seconds left is a surprise when you're leading most of the fourth quarter. Uh, the Blazers broadcast was worried about it, yeah. and that ended up turning out to be factual. Yeah, I didn't think it was – well, Stan probably didn't coach a perfect game, but I didn't think it was Nate McMillan's best coaching performance of his career either. Um, first of all, before Turk banks in the game winner, Dwight Howard catches the ball and holds it for the dribble handoff, which – I think you mentioned we was like 40% from the line. Four of ten in the game right? from the line. Yeah, so to not wrap him up before he hands the ball back off to Turkoglu when you have a lead already is uh, kind of baffling. I'm pretty sure Nate McMillan just did not believe in fouling while up. Yeah. I, I, I really, I mean, this they would have won the game if they did this, right. but he, he didn't do it. So. But also he elects to run a zone defense, both a 2-3 and surprisingly, a 1-2-2 for pretty much the, late, the entirety of the game as the Magic continue to rain down open threes. And then by the point that, you know, they start contesting threes, they're already in a groove. Yeah. So, uh, and then they bank on in to, to win the game. So, I, I just, zone defense against the four-out Magic, probably not the best call. You want you gonna go with the zone defense? I, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the pick. That's why I have you here for your coaching abilities here, so... Uh, next category, the Stan Van Gundy Best Coaching Decision Award. There we go. Mine's very sim- simple. Just give it to your finisher and Hito. Let him close it out. Iso Ball just seemed to find a way to work most of the time for Turk, and it works here. That's my only option. I have two. Because now, have you been taking advantage of the Fox Sports Florida replays of the postseason, two thousand eight, two thousand nine? I've watched only a few, just because I recall a lot still from these right. games, and my memory is really bad. But I still recall most of these games. So, like, especially the Philly series. Right. I mean, you and I were in yeah. the building for Game One when Iguodala ripped our hearts out. We're literally in the very last row of the arena. Yeah. But I mean, we—I remember everything about that Philly series. Um, I'm I'm doing a lot of listening and watching. I'm 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 listening to Orlando Magic uh, radio podcast feed for they're going right now through the Eastern Conference Final series yep. against the Cavs. So I'm I'm dipping my toe in it a little bit, but continue. Well, it's I mean I like to think that my recollection is pretty strong too, but it was just a really really fun team when oh, they're yeah. when they're rocking on all on all cylinders, um, and you forget about the Stan Van Gundy playbook and also to to fit the personnel that we had the little X play where uh, they screen Dwight to mm-hmm. get up to set the screen for Jameer but with Richard so he's popping to the top as yeah. Dwight is sealing with his man like you know head under the rim how, how do you defend against that. You can't go all the way out and guard the Richard three, or you do that, and then Dwight's single covered right under the rim, or you take both of those guys away, and Jameer's turning the corner, or Turk is turning the corner with the ball in his hands. So just simplistic, great offense. Um, So the playbook is part of that, but the best coaching move for me was uh, trapping 30-point scorer Brandon Roy for the final two minutes and making the point guards try and um, finish the magic off, which obviously they they went cold for the... (laughs) final two minutes of the game that way yeah no it's it's not a great Steve Blake game I mean he's three of eight from the field but 
you kind of wonder, and Sergio Rodriguez is three of nine from the field, so not not a great shooting uh, shooting night for the true true point guards. Um, that's tough. I don't know which one you want to go with for the winner. I, I I'll I'll side with Keto, you. Yeah. Just keep it easy with yeah. you. Just throw it throw it to your guy who's clutch. Let as hell. him do let him do the job. Next category, the best. Huh? I forgot about that moment. Dwight's still trying to shoot bank shot jumpers during this time. I'm still all for it. He never develops it, but like this is kind of what you want. And if if it's 2019 instead of you know the 0809 season, like Dwight probably develops that jump shot. Right. Um, the other option I have is Joel Prisbilla really gets under Dwight's skin in this game. There's no NBA no NBA players getting hit more than D12 during this era. And uh, the other option I have is Dwight gets Greg Oden into foul trouble. But D12 is clearly hurting for much of this game. It's grimacing in pain after hurting his oblique. He even heads to the locker room a little bit. It's a big reason why Dwight doesn't have a big game in his 38 minutes of on-court action. The Magic were playing better without Dwight in the first half, better plus minus, like the Portland broadcast points it out. And then Dwight only scores five points in the second half. He's only out there for his defense as he looks kind of just out of it offensively, and he's he's definitely in a lot of pain. That's I, I don't I don't recall him being in that much pain when I rewatched this game. So um, I don't know if you have any options. Um, I, I always recall Shavlik Randolph being injured, but I did not recall him looking like a low rent Doogie Hauser on, on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, not wrong, man. And I also it was it was surprising to me that with even with Michael Petrus out with injury, that JJ Redick was out of the playing rotation at this time, which leads me to another question for you. Mm-hmm. So I think you know t- the Magic were very close to winning the championship that year. If probably would have if Trevor Ariza didn't get hot from three. He shot forty eight percent from three in the NBA Finals. We talked about I think. When the Magic rebuilded, um, going through the rebuilding after yeah. trading Dwight Howard, that if they had had that Aaron Aflalo on the 2008-2009 team to kind of plug in that shooting guard, but not that Courtney Lee was bad, right? But mm-hmm. just to plug in that pre- that presence that they might have had enough to win the finals. Mm-hmm. Would 2017-2018 J.J. Redick as the starting shooting guard for the 2008-2009 team would that have moved the needle and pushed them past the Lakers? More confident shooting stroke, more confident playmaking. Ten. So you're saying nearly, he's already. So you're saying yeah. he's already played like playoff I'm series. Sa- I'm stuff. saying that the JJ Redick from Philadelphia that year, where he has the and highest the point per game of his career. Yeah. Yep. Has all those experiences. If you transport that player back <laughs> to to JJ Redick on 2008, 2000, exponentially better than he was then. Yeah. Not that he was a bad player. Then, no, I mean he, he's right? a big reason. You know, his two way play against Ray Allen is a big reason why we knock off uh, certainly knock certainly. off the Celtics. Yeah, but. Man, I because Courtney Lee beat him out for the starting job, right? And that yes. was not even a, a wrong decision at no, the time. No, that it was wasn't. the right coaching decision. And Courtney Lee has some really strong performances throughout the uh, yeah. the NBA Finals run, but um, I, I still say no, just because the Lakers are really big, and it becomes an issue where, it, I mean, you're starting Rafer. He's obviously a great defender, but then it's like. Okay, do you have Rafer ha- defend Kobe, and then if you who, if he defends Kobe, who's defending Lamar Odom? Who's defending Powell? Who's de- you know, and then you still got Trevor Reza hitting threes out of his ass like crazy. You know, Derek Fisher's hitting shots while he's open. So yeah. I don't think so, but that's a really intriguing argument. You know, 
discussion there. It's not something I think that's ever been addressed to me. It's something to think about. So I still say no. The Lakers are just too big for us. And, I mean, they were more mentally prepared to handle the moment than we were. I mean, we've heard some of the interviews and stuff afterwards. And most of the players kind of say, like, we weren't really truly ready. That's why, like, we get obliterated game one. Game two, we should have won. Still, it's the Courtney Lee missed layup is still a goaltend that wasn't called that we would have won the game if, if officiated properly. But, you know, we go back to Orlando 2-0. We play a perfect first half, almost a perfect game, and barely eke out game three. And then game four, Derek Fisher, you know, Jameer Nelson shouldn't have been on the floor. But um, we can go over that. But I'm going to say no. With, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no, but it's a good argument there. So, um, all right. You have any other options for the best? How I forgot about that moment. Uh, just Mike Wilkes being there in person on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> I forget Mike Wilkes is on this team. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so my choice is gonna be just Dwight. Really, really hurt in this game, and I, I, I forget that. I don't know if you got a better one or. I I'm, I forgot that JJ Redick was still in the doghouse at this time. And I mean, look, Gortet doesn't play. Donald Foyle doesn't play. Like Dwight's hurting, and like you still don't put Gortet or right. Foyle in. So. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Best musical performance. I like the Comcast Sportsnet intro-outro music. Not it's, bad. It's just a really jazzy and upbeat. Like, I'm watching the movie Semi-Pro a little bit there. Um, and the other option I have was the Blazers home board ops used the same Wild yeah, Western theme yeah. music for Travis Outlaw as the Magic used for Bo Outlaw. You know I'm doubling down on that one. So you want to go with the yeah. Wild Western theme? You got another option? Well, that's or? all I all have. All right, let's go with that one. The Tree Rollins Oldie But a Goodie Award. So what's aged well here? Uh, Portland forever having great basketball fans. Again, I'd love to see a Magic Road game there one day. Um, and then Portland's broadcast team is audibly worried constantly throughout the game about Orlando's three-point shooting. Most broadcasts were terrified of what our team could do offensively, and this is just a revolutionary Magic team. But just the way Portland's talking about being, being worried about threes, especially in the fourth quarter, it's 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 just very interesting, and you forget about that a little bit. Um, hopefully, you got a better option than what I got. My my very literal oldie but goodie was the play of Tony Batie in this game. Who, as you mentioned, three for three, good Tony Batie game. Did not miss a shot and uh, played you know four four and five with no Gortat, no foil, um, and and taking the place of Richard Lewis at times when he went to the bench. Let's go, Batman! I'm All going right. Batman with that. Uh, the Dominique Wilkins oldie, not a goodie award. The, bre- the refs blow the whistle a lot in this game. Sometimes they don't have a choice, but in spurts, it really hurts the rhythm of what's a really great game. Um, and then I have two other options. Anthony Oldman, River Johnson, just, he, again, not a good game for AJ here. Uh, if you've been re-watching some of those Fox Sports Florida playoff series, though... Very good moments, including some very surprisingly amazing dunks from AJ yeah. that really turned the tide momentum-wise. Uh, and then he gets in Mo Williams' head a couple times in the Cavs series. It's quite, it's quite great. Uh, and then the only other thing I had was um, not giving JJ Redick or Marching Gortat minutes, knowing how important they would be in the playoffs. So it doesn't hurt them, obviously, in the right. future. But you know, it's, it goes saying it goes without saying. Rhett JJ is still kind of in the doghouse here. You have any other options? Yeah, rewatching those games, the the play of Marching Gortat was just crazy good in those playoffs. Uh, again, only a very literal option for me was they did a spot piece on 
former NBA champion with the Blazers, Maurice Lucas, who at the time was a assistant coach with the Trailblazers. He was coming back from illness and was like working his way back, um, but sadly also uh, passed away like less than a year. Uh, oh, I after, didn't know that. After wow. this game. Wow. Um, and he's the namesake of current Kings coach Luke Walton was named after Maurice Lucas, who played with Bill Walton. I forget about There's that. There's some trivia for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. I'm, I don't want to go morbid. No, so no, I'm, no. It, yeah, yeah. Death, death gets disqualified for this yeah. one, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Redick or Gortat not getting minutes. Like, even though the Magic win the game, it's, it's a little weird not seeing Redick or Marching get on the floor. Most magical shot, so most important bucket in the game. It's obviously Hito's bank shot, buzzer-beating winner. Uh, when you hit as many clutch shots as Turk has, you're allowed to get lucky on occasion, as he did there. Uh, you can make an argument for two Richard Lewis shots. Yes. One is the three before that he hits that that leads to the finish. But yep. the other one I have is Richard Lewis scores a hell of a driving, spinning, turnaround shot for the and one cutting the magic deficit to just 100 to 97 yep. and also tagging Steve Blake with his fifth personal foul in the process. I had both of those Richard Lewis shots. I also had the Jameer Nelson three-pointer with 325 left that cut the lead to four at the time. Um, and then for the Blazers, there was a Rudy Fernandez lob dunk to give them a fourth quarter lead that kind of really got the fans fired up. You thought that might be the most important shot until the magic went on obviously the run to close the game yeah and I, I don't know if people remember Rudy Fernandez was in a dunk contest and he's actually did actually did pretty good he's pretty athletic uh yeah it's it, it's a good healthy he is annoying it's a good healthy Rudy Fernandez here obviously it's the Hito shot you're not fighting me on this one Turk game winner uh is anyone at their peak here so Jameer Nelson I have yes absolutely he's 26 years old it's his only all-star season, even if Eric Dampier fucks him over and cuts his season short to just 42 games. Jameer's shooting career highs of six, or is, yeah, he has career highs of 16.7 points per game, 88.7% from the free throw line. It's a really, really great Jameer Nelson season. Uh, Rashard Lewis, I'm going no. His field goal percentage is never quite as good as it was in Seattle. He's 29 years old here. He was an all-star twice, once here this 08-09 season, but his first time was in 04-05 in Seattle where he surpassed 20 points per game. Even though his Magic tenure is more valuable from a winning perspective because he's sacrificing points to his teammates, I can't say he's at his peak. Uh, I'm forever grateful for his time in Orlando, and he'll always and he'll, I'll always say this contract was worth it, but I'm going no for Richard here. What do you think on Jameer and Richard so far? Um, yeah, I, I didn't have Jameer at his peak, but that was just an oversight. I think that obviously that was his best season. season. Um, I agree that no for Richard. There's other, you know, I, probably Seattle would, would be Yeah, his, I, I said Seattle, peak, right? and it's, yeah. it's likely Seattle. Because yeah. he, ha- he had to play a bigger yeah. role there, even if he's, you know, the third guy on this Magic team still. I mean, he had to play a big I think, role. I think, interestingly, Dwight Howard was in his prime in this year, but was still working up to his peak, which was probably the 10-11, where he should have been yeah. the MVP of the league. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of their peak, again, not a Magic player, but at this time, Brandon Roy was at the absolute pinnacle of his career. So, yes, I have a 24-year-old Brandon Roy listed here. 
It's the second of his three all-star seasons. He has, in this season, career best 22.6 points per game, 48 field goal percentage shooting, 37.7 three-point percentage shooting. His career is basically done after the 2010-2011 season as his legs failed him. He has that brief five-game return with the Timberwolves in 2012-2013, and then that's it. Uh, His career is abruptly altered, kind of like Penny Hardaway's. Completely different players, but... Uh, you know, Brandon Roy had the nickname the Natural. This guy was really good, and yeah. he he should have been he would have been the best player in this game if if the I mean he probably was, but the, they lose the game. He was amazing, and the only other person on, I have is also on the Portland side, which is Rudy Fernandez, which is a yes because this is his first season in the NBA. He's 23 years old. These are career highs for him: 10.4 points per game. 39.9 three-point percentage shooting. Yeah. He only plays four seasons in the NBA, and this is his best one. So, I mean, yeah, that's all I got for that. You don't have anyone else listed. I mean, as far as who has who's in has their better peak, maybe Brandon Roy at this yeah. point, just because, I mean, he's really freaking good in this season. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So I have one more category. Which player comes out of this game looking the best? Again, it should have and would have been Brandon Roy had he not missed five free throws in this game and had Portland not lost. He, he got a new season high in this contest still uh, with the 30 points. But Jameer hits some very key shots the final three minutes of the, ga- of the game. He could have been an option. I'm actually going with Richard Lewis in this game. He leads the Magic in scoring and rebounding in this contest. This game is just a great reminder that many times during this Magic era, he's going to go up against a bigger, beefier guy, and in this situation, it's LaMarcus Aldridge, and he's still getting the better of them overall, yeah. at least the last laugh. So I'm actually going to Rashard Lewis. I don't know if you got a different pick. Yeah, I had three players listed. They were the same three that you did, um, but I went in a different order. So Jameer, to me, was the third best player in this game. Okay. I had Rashard second, and then even in sp- I think, you know, in spite of the loss – the magic kind of what clenched victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. So uh, the best player in this game was Brandon Roy. Certainly the best magic player in this game was Richard Lewis to me. All right. That's fair. Uh, I mean, that's all I got for this game. Again, if, if it, we're, we're sharing the link with you, if you didn't get to watch it live back in the day, it's, it's a really good contest. Even if the broadcasters could be a little bit better, it's still a very good contest. And we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm Pop, at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, go Magic. Take care. And just win. Let's bring that back. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. Yeah. Get out the way.